Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There is no better group of plants for flower power and forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. You know, garden centres really are the backbone of the gardening industry, and few have been standing for longer than Stewart's in Dorset and Hampshire. Later on, I'll be speaking to Martin Stewart about the 270-year legacy of this great company, including what the past, present and future holds for the garden centre world. My thanks to Thompson & Morgan, sponsors of this podcast, and my producer, Charlie Jones. Last week, I did warn you about the Blackthorn winter, uh, and I take uh, no pride in being right, I'm afraid, on this occasion. Goodness, that wind was cold from the east, and a wild plum in my neighbour's garden was in full flower, and under a blanket of snow and apricots too in my garden in flower and under snow I just hope that there's enough buds still to open that we get reasonable weather in the next week or two and perhaps get a crop always tricky with those early flowering things what I was interested to see was on a journey down to Reading a roadside planting with uh, the little daffodils looked as if it could have been the old English wild daffodil but you know they just poked their heads up through the snow and they looked really good unlike the very large trumpet daffodils which I'm afraid got beaten down a bit by a snowfall but uh, once that snow has melted and the weather warms they'll perk up and they should look fine again at least if the temperatures are low they'll last a bit longer. What's new? Well of course the Kirkenhof Bulb Gardens in Holland opened this week and if you haven't been then I do suggest uh, as soon as you can just nip in and see it. I mean it is just a stunning sight with all the spring flowering bulbs and it needn't cost too much. I mean I've done it for about £50. Flying out on one of those cheap day return flights and you can get a, a coach just outside Skipole Airport which will take you straight there. I think it'll be a very memorable day. bit disappointing to read about the Gardman warehouse fire. Uh, I'm afraid that might uh, affect the supply of quite a lot of horticultural goods. Really terrible fire. There's one other thing too on news. We have the Rose Society UK, a fairly uh, newly formed Rose Society, uh, and if you're a member of that, it costs £10 a year. You'll also have access to the World Federation of Rose Societies. I was very interested this week to read uh, the newsletter from them. A number of Australians are saying that the plant health restrictions are really making it difficult 
to move new varieties of roses about. You know, we've spoken about Xylella uh, and the damage that that can do to over 300 species. And so uh, the plant health on plant movement is being tightened up. And of course, it has this kind of effect. But you can get much more information on the World Federation of Rose Societies uh, bulletin out this week. What about in uh, our own gardens? Getting on in March, I think uh, I'll be making a start this weekend sowing some vegetable and flowers uh, in warm sheltered spots in the garden and especially in cold frames and under cloches. If you're sowing beetroot, then make sure you use Bolt Hardy. It's well named. That variety, if you do sow it early and it gets a cold check, it's less likely to run up to seed. I also recommend, if you are sowing things early, to look out for Mr Fothergill's Shawgrow seeds, especially parsnip. These seeds have been started into growth and then stopped, and once a seed has started to germinate, then the cold doesn't affect it in quite the same way, and even in cold soils they should still keep growing. So parsnips and carrots. Have a go with Shawgrow. I'm very pleased to introduce you today uh, to someone I've known in the trade for a good long time and his father even longer, Mr Martin Stewart from Stewart's of Christchurch as I know them. Uh, is that right, Martin? Can I call you Stewart's of Christchurch? You can call us whatever you wish. <laughs> yeah, the company, we, we trade as Stewart's and, yes, our main garden centre and our sort of head office if you like we're based in Christchurch in Dorset yeah now 270 year history that, that's some years isn't it how did how were you founded where did you start out well we're very fortunate we've 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 got this extraordinary history which can I just say and I have to say this every time it doesn't help us in the future it's nice to have it's lovely to have it gives the company a soul but it doesn't give us a divine right to be here we have to fight for the future every day. But we're, we're, our family have been hoarders. We've hoarded material over the years. And just before my father passed away in the early 80s, he, he found these old boxes up in the loft of the family home, which helped trace the history of the business back to 1742 as forestry growers on the Dalkeith Estate just south of Edinburgh. Amazing. 1742. They started off as forestry growers, and then they moved to Dundee, where they had three seed shops and nurseries. And then as Dundee expanded, they um, moved east, first of all, to a place called Dudhope Park, which is now swallowed up by Dundee again, but it, then it was on the outskirts. And then further, they were ex and went out towards a place called Broughty Ferry, or the ferry, as it's called up there, which is out near Carnoustie. And they were there until um, 1864, when of, of 10 siblings, there were two running the business, the eldest brother and the youngest brother. And William stayed in Scotland. David came south and um, set up a, a nursery down at Ferndown in Dorset. And we know so much about this era because they wrote to each other almost every day and we believe we've got all William's letters that he wrote to David from December the 23rd, 1864, right through to uh, um, 1868 in the end. They were 
prolific letter writers. What an amazing um, history! Yeah. Oh, it, 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 Peter, it shows so much. They were they were they were growing forestry trees by the million, and we've got uh, letters from William to David saying, basically, on the next um, boat to Tilbury Docks, we're sending you this lot, and in one letter alone, William listed everything he was sending there's over 1.6 million plants on that list on that one letter you know we think that we handle big numbers now but the logistics of moving that sort of stuff it actually came down the north sea and then and then into tilbury and then some why not southampton i wonder don't know um everything was trained the the, the railway station in Brawty ferry is still there everything was trained from Brawty ferry to dundee docks dundee to tilbury docks and then the train to Ringwood, and then um, horse and cart to Ferndale. Yeah. But we also have a letter from William to David saying, lobby for a railway station at West Moors, <laughs> which got built about two years later. Amazing. And they had a railway station built for themselves so that they could dispatch stock all over the world. They were sending it everywhere. We got thank you letters from Rhodesia, South Africa, America, saying thanks for the consignment. They arrived safely and well. Oh, Martin, I hope you uh, look after that archive. Amazing. Well, my dad, bless him, died in 1982. But by 1985, we we tidied up the contents of those boxes and everything we gifted to uh, Dorset Archives, as they were then known, Dorset History Centre now. And we employed an archivist to tidy it up. But everything is meticulously catalogued now, including... Um, as it turned out later, all my father's flying records, which became very relevant to our history. So they're all down in Dorset Archives. They're all protected. They're all safe in proper conditions, air conditions. And it's been described as a history of Ferndown because Ferndown as a town didn't exist when David turned up in 1864. Yeah. Well, now let's let's speak about your dad. You know, because as far as I was concerned, he was quite a character and and a pioneer of garden centres in the UK. You were probably one of the very first, weren't you? Well, we believe we were the first. Um, what happened, my mum, who's still around, says um, all my all your dad wanted to do was fly. He'd started flying tiger moths in, in 1935 as a 17-year-old. And when war broke out, he was actually working for a German nursery when... Second World War broke out. As he said, he came back very quickly <laughs> and joined the RAF. He went. He, he flew mosquitoes in in Burma at the end of the war. And, and as I say, all his flying records are also down in Dorset archives. And my mum often says to me, "Any excuse to fly, your father would have been in the air." Well, he got asked to deliver a Dakota DC three in 1955 from Bournemouth Airport um, to Florida, and he did. We've got his flying records, as I say, they're all in the archive as well. He got to Florida, he hired a car, went up the east coast of, of the States, got to Toronto, and before he took the ship back, he wrote two letters, one to his three sisters and one to my mum, who we'd started dating. And he said, I've seen the future, it's called garden centres. Um, it's where you separate the growing side from the retail side. A garden centre can be set up an acre or two, as he, he refers and can have things like self-service. And so it's all listed in this letter. And he came back that um, autumn and converted his father's offices into um, what can only be described as a fairly rudimentary 
garden center where he put all the you know the fertilizers and, and the ancillary things as well as selling plants but he also came back um, with the idea of container plants and in fact peter i think i've spoken to you about this we have a an article in sunday times 1972 where you refer to my dad ted stewart as um the one who brought container plants into the country they were then were catering tins he used to send staff out to hospitals and schools and um to get their catering tins and and the plants were plunged into those um, um, that's how it started we think amazing things because we had something called redhead shears that were tin cutters and we used to cut yes. both sides down yeah. these what would they have been lethal. probably seven pounds yeah unbelievable and i'd love to do it now the health and safety people would just they they would burst every blood vessel <laughs> yes, they would. Yeah. Uh, i wouldn't be allowed now <laughs> but then once you got this garden center idea underway you built a new, quite big one at Christchurch, didn't you? I seem to remember Percy Thrower being involved. Yeah. Uh, we've got so much on it, Peter. We, um, Dad and Percy had got to be good friends because we were exhibiting at Chelsea at that time, up until 1963, Stuarts were at Chelsea. And obviously Percy running Shrewsbury Park's department, they were at Chelsea. They became good mates, I think. And, and so when Dad said, look, you know, at Ferndown once, starting to go okay i've got an idea of a a new one which was on a greenfield site just outside christchurch uh, he asked percy if he'd come and open it well we've got photographs from opening day there was there were estimated to be over six thousand people there they clogged the roads <laughs> and it, it was just a, a sign of how much the idea was wanted and do you know what, what they did between them really i suppose was they didn't just save our family business because we were on our knees after two world wars. Nurseries had been turned over to vegetable production. Our trade had been decimated. So we needed an idea, which is why dad sort of took the opportunity to go to the States. America had garden centers. We didn't. So when they opened at Christchurch, it was obvious that the, the British public wanted it. And the, the photographs on opening day, Peter, there's a sea of people for as far as you can see. Well, Percy was a god, wasn't he? I mean, uh, you know, it's almost like the Pied Piper of Hamelin. It wasn't just yours. I remember at Van Hayes, we stopped the traffic, I think, for six miles. He, he was yeah. amazing, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, he was just so wonderfully, quietly charismatic. Yes. Uh, yeah. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't a loud person. He was just someone who gave off so much warmth, so much enthusiasm. He was um, an utter pioneer in those days and, and, and loved. Yeah. So um, it was great. And we've got a thank you letter from Percy, you know, to my dad afterwards. So, really? You know, thanks. Oh, yeah. Well, we've got so much, Peter, I can't tell you. And you were the first, I think, on that garden centre to start serving coffee and things. I mean, just think, how has that changed? What are you doing now in terms of... Uh... Well, looking after I, your customers. I, I do say to people that if we weren't allowed to uh, have a coffee shop, if we weren't allowed to cater, I don't know whether we'd have a business. Catering represents just under a quarter of our business. And, you know, even, you know, today it's a bit chilly outside. And I think the number one reason for coming to a garden centre like ours and maybe even many, many others is the number one reason is go and meet your friends for a cup of tea or coffee and then have a wander. 
in, in an interesting environment where the seasons change us all the time. Without catering, we wouldn't have a business. And, and one of, I'd have a thousand questions for Dad when I met him. And one of them was, how on earth, what on earth gave you the idea to put a coffee shop into the garden centre on opening day, October 1961? He put a coffee shop in. Now, I can only assume that was an American idea again. I'm not certain. It was very rudimentary. It was very basic. But um, he started. And as I say now, it's a quarter of our business. And and to bring us right up to date, uh, Martin, what have you got on for your local customers in the coming few weeks and months? Because you tend to uh, really put on things for people, don't you? Yeah, we we are involved in the most fantastic industry and the, and the most fantastic business. And as I just said, the seasons force us to change. There's no chance of us being allowed to stand still because... You, you can't in, in, in an industry that relies on changes in, in the weather. And where we're so fortunate, I've been in the trade since just before my father passed away. So, I mean, I've been running our business for 35 years now. And in that time, one of the things that's happened that's made our job so much easier is, is the amount of diversity of plant material, presentation, and all the other ancillary items that that go with it has has made garden centers so much more interesting if we woke up 30 years ago we'd walk around a garden center and go oh this is very nice it's got a few plants but actually they were quite dull places compared with today with the amount of color growers have got better and better and better the range of material has mushroomed um, and then you've got garden furniture which innovates every just moves on every year um, the range of products, and we're, we're into gifts. We're into gifts likely. They've got to be linked to horticulture in some way. They've got to be floral or patterned or, you know, that, that's diversified again. So there's always plenty of interest to be seen. And if I was walking through the doorway at Christchurch or Ferndown today, what sort of colour would I be looking at? Presumably spring bulbs? Yes, you've got spring bulbs. There's, there's early bedding. I mean, it, it, you know, we'd say, you know, to be protected, but we've got polyanthus, primroses, spring flowering bulbs, which some of which have been brought on by growers. There's colour everywhere. You walk round and it, you just you just get a feeling of optimism. You get reminded that spring is imminent. As soon as this weather warms up, people will be in their gardens and, and you can see the you can see the full range of stuff when you walk round. Martin Long may you keep the spring in our step. Hey? I admire what you do, and I know the work that has to be put in to keep these places absolutely sparkling. Uh, and I wish you every success this season and in the future. Thanks for speaking well, Peter, to us. Thanks so much indeed. That's really great. It's great to hear from you. Speak soon. What's on in the coming few days? At the Royal Horticultural Society's gardens at Hyde Hall... They've got a golden bunny hunt from the 26th of March to the 15th of April. Obviously Easter themed arts and crafts will be featured and there's the garden photography exhibition. It was one of our family traditions over Easter that we used to hide golden bunnies as chocolate ones. Great fun. I'm not sure now that uh, they're 18 and 21 whether they'll still want golden bunnies. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they did. And our thought for the week, gardeners don't get old, they just go to pot. Thanks again to our sponsor, Thompson and Morgan. And thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.